If you're looking for a podcast that will help you fall... Hey, hey, hey. Huh? Hey. Huh? Wake up. I was just resting my eyes. Yeah, no. Uh, uh, yeah, this this isn't a podcast. (sighs) What it is, is comedy. Tragedy. Marriage. Welcome to Comedy, Tragedy, Marriage, a podcast where a longtime married couple takes turns each episode selecting a film uh, or documentary, and then we sit down, talk about it, and share that conversation with you. I am Stan the Movie Man. I review films at StanTheMovieMan.com. You can see my latest review of The Suicide Squad. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter, at MovieManStan. You can also follow the podcast at CT Marriage. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can do so simply by sending us an email, comedytragedymarriage at gmail.com. You can also leave us a voice message by clicking the link in the description of this episode. Joining me, as always, is the one, the only, my better half. Well, you know, not but, really, but whatever. Of course, this week... I am Maud the Marvelous Broad. Yes, you are. Well, you know, there's a reason for that. Well, of course. And it's because it's true. Uh-huh. And also, the uh, it involves the title of this week's movie, which was my selection. As you know, if you've been with us for a while, uh, we are going through uh, a selection of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Hashtag. Hashtag. MCU, and this week we watched Captain Marvel. It stars Brie Larson, uh, along with Samuel L. Jackson, Ben Mendelsohn, Jude Law, Annette Bening, and more. Uh, Of course, Captain Marvel, now there, there has always been some confusion about Captain Marvel, because DC... Had a, had a character yeah. uh, that was actually the product of another comic book company that DC bought when they went out of business. Um, that was like that, the Shazam Captain yes, Marvel. Yes, that's yeah. Shazam. Okay. Um, and uh, they have gone back and forth in court over the years, and it's pretty much settled now. Marvel gets to use Captain Marvel. Okay. And DC just changed his name, retconned his name to Shazam. Billy Batson, Shazam. Yes. Shazam! Which, by the way, is not a bad movie. Oh, okay, good. A lot of people rag on that movie, but it's it's funny, and, uh, well, anyway, we're not here to talk about that one. Um, this one we're talking about is Captain Marvel, part of the hashtag MCU. Uh, it is the story of a Air Force pilot who is working with someone that turns out to be an alien, uh, a an alien named Marvell, and Marvell is played by Annette Benning. Um, she is trying to develop a faster than light engine or a light speed engine, actually, um, and is doing so under the guise of a uh, military um, Air Force uh, research person who is 
trying to make one for the military, but she actually is trying to make one for another reason. Um, she and uh, Carol Danvers, the Air Force pilot, uh, played by Brie Larson, are on a test flight when they are attacked by an alien spaceship. The uh, plane crashes, and Marvell is, or uh, actually, Doctor, what is her name? Doctor something. Lawson. Doctor Lawson. Um, or uh, Doctor Larson pulls out a weird-looking Lawson. Excuse me. Pulls out a weird-looking gun that's actually a, an alien-directed energy weapon, uh, and she's going to blow up the engine that she's just created. So that this bad alien civilization doesn't get a hold of it. Exactly right. But she is killed and uh, by an alien. And she uh, and then uh, Carol Danvers takes the weapon and blows it up. But the energy from the engine, for an unexplained reason, yeah. um, infiltrates her. And uh, she absorbs it, and she suddenly has all these powers. Uh, the alien takes her back to his home world, and they wipe her memory. They uh, completely, for the for the most part, they think it's complete. Uh, she gets flashes every now and then in in dreams, mm -hmm. um, and she becomes part of their military force. Uh, she winds up being captured by a group of shape-shifting aliens called the Skrulls. Uh -huh. And uh, they probe her mind and find out she's from Earth. Uh, they are also looking for the light speed engine. And she is, um, you know, they're going to Earth. Um, actually have arrived. And she escapes from them on a, an escape pod because she's created enough damage to where the whole ship's about to explode. Yeah. And she uh, winds up crash landing through the roof of a Blockbuster. Um, blockbuster video. Blockbuster video. In case video. you're not yeah. versed. Um, video. A video store, kids, back in the day was where you went to get movies way before Netflix. And she lands in 1995. Yes. Well, I mean, that's what year it is. Yeah. It's 1995. There's no time travel in this one. Um, and her presence or her arrival is, um, you know, it raises the interest of S.H.I.E.L.D. agent Nick Fury and uh, his rookie, his agent, rookie sidekick, Agent uh, Coulson. Agent Coulson, played, of course, by Samuel L. Jackson and Clark Gregg. Uh, throughout shooting of this movie, any scene they were in, they had dots on their faces because they had to be um, de-aged digitally uh, to make them look 20 or so years younger. Yeah, I want this technology in a bottle at Walgreens <laughs> and I will be going down there and stocking up. Anyway, um, Veers, as she is known on the alien world, is looking for this engine to make sure the scrolls don't get it. And then she goes on a, um, a journey of self-discovery figuring out who bless you, figuring out who she is and um rediscovering her life and her friends um, and her purpose 
not realizing that she's been human from Earth yeah. the whole time. Um, and uh, it gives her a boost with her powers. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and there's a whole lot more going on in the story with the Supreme Intelligence who looks like Lawson because the Supreme Intelligence appears to um, everyone the as the um, as the person they most admire. Yeah. And that's something you're supposed to keep secret, who that person is. Um, and her um, her sort of handler at um, the uh, in the military, school. yes, is um, a guy named Jan Rog, and that's played by Jude Law. He is trying to teach her to control her emotions so that she can fully tap into her powers. Um, but that's not exactly true. No. Um, but we don't know that right away. We do not. We, we get a, a twist in, in this film. Um, what did you, just first impressions, what did you think of Captain Marvel? It was a cool movie. Brie Larson's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, she's... She's a nice combination of youth and snark and um, warmth. Mm-hmm. She's um, and I, I told you last night. Depending on like the angle and the lighting, she looks like she has three different faces. One of them reminds me of Marsha Brady, and the other two are like other people. Mm. But it just it dep- and I've noticed it in the Nissan commercials where she's. Um, you know, driving the car and selling the car and everything. Sometimes she looks like Marsha Brady, and then sometimes she looks like a totally different person. And they they kind of have her time traveling in that series of commercials, or at least one of them. Uh, she's driving older model Nissans, and then whenever that, whatever year that car came out, uh-huh. is they try to match up her her hair her and her wardrobe yeah. to that. So, uh, yeah. You can change a lot about her just with a curly wig or, yeah. you know, shorter hair or whatever. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, this is Marvel's first female-centric hero. Love it. Love it. Love it. Uh, at least as far as a movie goes. And she's pretty dang super. Yeah. She's, she... she's like the most super of the supers, it seems to me, because she doesn't have like a super suit. And she doesn't have like she's just she's just dang super. Yeah, there's uh, there's no technology that makes you know like Tony Stark or no serum like Captain America. You uh, she's some for some reason which may be more explained in the comic books has absorbed this energy to turn her into a superhero. She, like, flies through space without a suit mm-hmm. and without a craft. Mm-hmm. It's just her. It's just her. And her, in one in one scene where she's flying, she's got this flaming mohawk and it's glorious. I'm like, I want that hair! <laughs> um, but it was cool. It was cool to get her backstory. Yeah. Um, it was very cool to flash back 30-ish years to see Nick Fury, A, with both eyes, to find out how he lost his eye. Mm-hmm. That, and, made, that made people mad to find out how he lost B, it. And B, with a head of hair. Yeah, yeah. 
um, but they, you know, they they backtracked, and mm-hmm. you know, um, Agent Colson's clean, fresh-faced rookie look was, you know, I mean, it was still him, obviously, but he was young and eager and. And they only have a few scenes together, yeah. but there's near the end of the movie where he asks him how he lost his eye. Yeah. I mean, he, he he's heard a rumor of how he lost his eye. Yeah. And you can just, you know, through the digital de-aging, you can still see that Coulson is enamored with Fury. Well, yeah. Because uh, he's the old grizzled veteran. Mm-hmm. And, and his mentor. And, and his mentor. And, and, you know, Coulson's a rookie, so... Um, but just in in that one scene, um, you can you can tell that that Coulson has a great deal of admiration. You can for yeah, Fury. you can pick up on that dynamic for yeah. sure. Um, we get a, a an introduction. Introduction's not exactly the right word, but we get um, the Rambo family yes is we we meet them and learn more about them yes uh and we um we meet somebody as a child who we will see as an adult in wandavision yes maria rambeau is played by lashana lynch um she is carol danvers best friend and fellow air force Force pilot. pilot yeah um they at the time weren't allowed to participate in combat missions uh women weren't so uh, they decided to become test pilots it was as close as they were going to get um and through that they became very close friends because they of course both had to put up with a lot of sexism Mm -hmm. there's a particularly vile joke about from an, a male pilot who says, you know why they call it a cockpit. Yeah, yeah. Wah, 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 whatever. And in these flashbacks, we see how Carol has been told all her life she's too small, she's too weak, she's a girl. Yeah. Um, she, you know, can't do the things the boys can do. And that just spurs her on, which is connected to when she finally is able to fully tap into her powers Mm -hmm. she real you know for one thing those are recovered memories for her yeah uh and then there's also as we discussed last night she um being human is probably what allows her to supercharge her powers yeah uh to um you know because she has empathy and because she has determination um, that she is able to to tap fully into her abilities. Which is opposite of what her Cree trainers were teaching her. Yes. They were, it's like you have to keep a lid on your emotions. Mm-hmm. You have to learn to control your impulses you in order to fully... can't let anger fully, rule you. Yeah. And um, that's a paradox that gets turned on its head. So that's pretty cool. Oh, um, where I was going with uh, the Rambo thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we meet Monica Rambo as a child. Uh, she's played by Akira Akbar. Her little sister, oddly enough, plays uh, Maria as a five-year-old. Cool. Whereas um, um, Akira plays her as an eleven-year-old. Maria or Monica? Hmm. 
Maria Rambo or Ron- M- Monica Rambo? Monica Rambo. Thank you. Maria's the mom. Maria's the mom. Monica's, Monica's the daughter. Monica's the daughter. And we meet an adult Monica uh, in one division. division. Which, you know, it's nice that they've got this sort of continuity with these characters across different. Well, uh, yeah, and it makes more sense to me now. Yeah. So. That's uh, because it's all about me and my indoctrination into the hashtag MCU. Yes, um, and I think once we get through Endgame, um, Monica's arrival will make more sense to you. Awesome! I'm p- pilfering around for stuff on my coffee table, so just never yes. mind. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but yeah, that's we met. You met Monica before. Um, we act before you knew who she was, and yeah. then it was like, "Oh, that's who she is." Yeah, it makes more sense now. Yes. Um, another thing about the film, they used four cats for uh, goose. For goose, I love the cat, and I'm not even a cat person. Um, and in the comic books, he's called Chewy. Oh. It's a Star Wars reference, of course, for Chewbacca. I have a cousin who has a cat named Chewie. Okay. Uh, But because of when this film is set, they felt like um, she, well, she doesn't name the cat. The cat has a name tag. Yeah. But um, the Wikipedia explanation doesn't make any sense now. Since she doesn't name the cat, the cat just shows up. Yeah. But uh, anyway, Goose uh, was named after the character in Top Gun. That's what I was thinking, because Air Force pilot and speed and blah, blah, blah. Uh, But they use four different cats. And of course, what, Flecknar? Flurkin. Flurkin? Flurkin. Yeah, he's not really a cat. He's a flurkin. He's an interdimensional being, which, again... They never explain where he comes from. He just shows up, and then he follows... Yeah, is he Cree? Is he Skrull? Which, oh, he's neither. He's Flurkin. He's Flurkin. Yes. Flurkin's is their own thing. Yes. Um, well, he's a very cute Flurkin. Yes, he is. Except when the crazy snakes come flying out of his mouth. The, he has about six tongues that come out of his mouth, um, and he... he it's kind of like Doctor Who. He's bigger on the inside than, than what he looks like on the outside. Clearly. Uh, but that we learned that late in the movie. Um, but, yeah, that's one of the few animals that gets any screen time in the Marvel films. That's a real animal. I mean, like Rocket the Raccoon is an animal, sort of. But he's yeah, also Bradley but, Cooper. But he's, he's also so anthropomorphized. Anthropomorphized. That um, he's, I just see him as sort of a small person. Yeah. As opposed to a talking raccoon. Yeah. Especially since he's not really a raccoon. He's some sort of alien creature that's been modified. But anyway. But not a flurkin. He's not a flurkin. But yeah, Goose is cool. I liked Goose. Um, The first time I saw him um, in in the theater when I watched this movie the first time. But, yeah, he's he's pretty cool. Um, but, once again, this is the first female-centric film yeah. in the MCU. And um, the internet is an awful place. 
Well, it can be. <laughs> there were, from day one, people who would go online and talk about how she wasn't a superhero. Uh, uh, Brie Larson shouldn't be playing Captain Marvel. Haters gonna hate. And that, um, you know, the whole movie should be reshot or she should be digitally replaced by a different actress. Who were they lobbying for? I don't know. I don't, I don't remember any specific names. But, you know, the... Uh, the... These people are just... Haters gonna hate. They ruin being a fan of anything. Mm. The the Suicide Squad. There's a, a guy uh, I follow on um, Twitter uh, who does a podcast as well called the Goat Movie Podcast. Goat for greatest of all time. Yeah, sure he is. Sure he is. Well, he's referring to the movies, not to himself. Himself or his, or his podcast. podcast. Um, and he made a comment about a scene in the Suicide Squad, and he had a uh, film clip attached to that tweet. Uh, he said, if it wasn't for COVID, this movie would do $800 million, and uh, there would have been cheers in the theater when this scene played. Happened, yeah. It was a little hyperbolic, but as you know, it, it's a fine scene. There's nothing wrong with it. But... Um, he got so much hate, like people telling him he should kill himself, Gosh. and and that he was an idiot, and you know people making all these pronouncements about the movie when it was clear from their pronouncements they hadn't seen the movie. Um, you know it. There's just so much vitriol that is so easy to splurt out onto the world when you can use uh, an avatar of. Um, a, a gnome. Well, when you're hiding behind the internet and a keyboard or a phone, and you know you have anonymity and protection, mm -hmm. you can you can be an internet bully. Yeah, people um, suck. That's why we like dogs. But I gotta say, Angel, this guy's name, is a font of positivity, and he's posted. I don't care what people say. I feel love for movies and I will express that love and it, you can say whatever you want but um, um, you know I, I'm it's not going to bother me I'm going to do my thing still exactly and this kid posts great reaction videos uh, Blu-ray Angel is his at Blu-ray Angel is his uh, Twitter uh, handle he posted a, a reaction to a trailer for The Batman uh, the new one that Robert Pattinson plays Batman in. Hey, okay. Um, where he just... he It's the scene on top and him underneath, like, looking up yeah. at his like TV watching screen. It. Um, and it, it... It's hard to describe, but it is pure joy that he reacts to this scene with. Cool. And the uh, director of the Batman, I think, liked and retweeted yeah. his tweet. So his his movie podcast is a little more popular than ours. Cool, a little. awesome, just, just a little, just like by about two billion percent. Sweet, but uh, and I don't hold that against him. Um, well, maybe a little bit. Anyway, but he's a good kid, and I like him. Blue Ray Angel, follow him on Twitter. Um, so. Yeah, there were 
the scum of the earth were complaining about her portrayal and 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 in the in um end game she goes from long hair to short hair and there and are people trolls complaining about, about that yeah, yeah. What, dude you know some of y'all just need to build a bridge mm -hmm. so you can get over yourself exactly um yeah haters gonna hate and that's that that's pointless yeah it's energy I don't have to waste. Well, and, you know, there's there's so many more important things to be angry about that a woman's hair in a movie is real low on that list. Yeah. Actually, A, there's nothing you can do about it, um, and two, nobody cares. So, uh, again, as you said, build a bridge and get over yourself. So, uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, there were just some stupid remarks about how she wasn't Captain Marvel, but she was Captain Marvel. She totally Marvel. was. Um, and I liked her. This, yeah, I, I did too. And I'm she, not, you know, necessarily charitable to actors mm -hmm. or characters or portrayals. I mean, like, I'm, I'm looking for somebody who's good at what they do. And she, this was a good performance and she fits the character and I, it worked for me. Mm -hmm. The, um, uh, and apparently audiences liked it too because it did very well at the box office. It's not the highest rated amongst the critics of Marvel movies, but, you know, it got the job done. Yeah. Uh, there were some complaints about it being convoluted plot-wise, which, not really. They just keep some secrets until late in the film. Um, and, you know, I I thought the story made perfect, made plenty of sense. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, people, a lot of times people will go to a movie expecting every little detail to be spoon-fed to them. Mm -hmm. And granted, these are superhero movies, mm -hmm. so you don't necessarily want to think too hard. Right. But, you know, think a little. Mm -hmm. Exercise a brain muscle or two. It's not going to hurt you. Mm -hmm. I no. promise it won't hurt you. Yeah, it's, um, it's, again, there are just people who like to complain, and they complain if they can't complain. Um, They're not happy unless they're miserable. Right. So, um, we are going to come back and rate this film, and then talk about things that we have watched. That will be very, very short. Um, <laughs> okay. although, although I have some podcasts you might, uh, some folks might want to listen to. So, uh, we'll be back right after this. Welcome back to Comedy, Tragedy, Marriage. Uh, we are talking about Captain Marvel from the hashtag MCU. MCU. And uh, continuing Maude's introduction to said franchise. Um, I think maybe we might need to watch a couple of films just so that um, Infinity War and Endgame makes sense. Okay. Uh, we won't do episodes about them, but oh, if, okay. if we can have time to squeeze a few more in between now and two weeks from now, okay, um, that would be great. That's fine. Um, but this is the point where we give our ratings for Captain Marvel. So, Maude, tell me, what out of... No, I have my own thing. Gotcha. Out of five, what do you give Captain Marvel? 
I give Captain Marvel a solid four fluffy flurkins. Oh my goodness, fluffy flurkins are my favorite. Yeah. It's so fluffy. Um, Goose was cool. Yeah, Goose was cool. Uh, Brie um, Larson also was cool. She has a lovely combination of um, snark and warmth. Um, and, you know, I she put she did a great job with the part yeah i mean it worked for me um and i um i would also give um captain marvel four fluffy flurkins if you have to say it carefully four fluffy flurkins fluffy flurkins yeah uh the movie got um you know pretty good um uh critical, critical reception. Res response um it got a 79 on rotten tomatoes really that surprises me that it was that low and well wait it got a 64 from metacritic that surprises me less actually because metacritic is always tougher yes um it uh, but audiences gave the film an a in cinema score there you go um, the movie had a production budget, production slash promotion budget of $175 million. It made $1.128 billion at the worldwide box office. Good return on investment, I would say. Pretty good. Uh, the um, studios get about, well, normally studios get about 55% of ticket sales. Mm -hmm. Disney usually requires a higher percentage because they figure uh, theaters will make up the difference on concession sales, which is where the real profit is at movie theaters. Mm. So they ask for sometimes as much as 75% of ticket sales. Um, and they also require you to put it in your largest theater if you're a multiplex. Yeah. And it has to run in that theater for three weeks minimum. Yeah. Uh, so... Uh, and there can't be any reason that they will accept for you to not run um, a, uh, you know, cancel a showing. You I, will be assimilated. Uh, or charged more. Yeah. Or penalized. Yeah. Uh, they, uh, I, I think they make exceptions for like giant national emergencies and things of that nature. Mm. But, uh, yeah, it, it did real good. It did real, real good. Uh, Brie Larson flew with actual Air Force pilots, one of which unfortunately passed away oh. uh, not long before the release of uh, the film. Oh, man. The film is dedicated to, uh, to that, that pilot. Person. And um, Stan Lee died sometime prior to, to, its to the film's release. So the Marvel animated opening was all the characters were replaced with Stan Lee. Yeah. And from his various cameos, uh, cameos in various films. He is uh, in the movie in one of his cameos. Several were shot in advance. Yeah. And um, it's kind of funny because the movie world sort of were merged and collided uh, as he was sitting on that bus when Brie Larson, as uh, Veers, walks by, she uh, he is reading his Mallrats script. Oh. He did a cameo in Mallrats for um, 
um, Kevin, Kevin Smith, Smith. and um, he's he's you know you can actually see the title if you look close enough. Yeah. Um, of the movie Mallrats on on the script he's reading and he's and going, another homage to the the era. Yes, and he's he's saying his I don't know if it was his only line, but he kept saying Excelsior. <laughs> Excelsior! He said that two or three times because that's like his catchword, catchphrase word. But uh, yeah, um, that, there's some little interesting um, trivia. Also, if you watch this on Disney Plus, like we did, there's uh, a couple of gag reels and some behind the scenes look at uh, the the making of the film. They range anywhere from two minutes to nine minutes, depending on which one you're watching. Yeah, and those are cool, including yeah. a look at the cat who played Goose. Yes, they, they do a uh, um, sort of a profile on Goose. And apparently he is a good animal actor. Well, the four of them are good animal actors. Yeah. Some of them were, were used more for uh, running scenes than than for sitting some some of the cats were just more photogenic than others so so they use them for the emotion shot exactly um so tell me what have you been watching pretty much not a lot yeah me um, too i have burned through almost the entire second season of all in the family mm -hmm. um they're starting to coalesce a little more into their because the first season was short it was only 13 episodes it was a mid-season replacement the second season was more like 21 22 episodes and mm -hmm. they um the characters have they're sort of settling more into their dynamics as far as the family is concerned mm -hmm. the relationships are concerned um we meet we see more of louise jefferson in mm -hmm. season two um, we still haven't met George yet. No. We've met his brother Henry, um, and Lionel, their son, shows up frequently. Well, didn't we meet Lionel before we met? Yeah, we did. Anybody else? We met Lionel first. Yeah. Um, but going back and revisiting these these shows of my childhood, um, it is mind-boggling how relevant all of this stuff still is. Mm -hmm. And um, and we talked about this last episode. It's still funny. Yeah. Um, just the just the insults and the you know the anger, if you will, yeah. from Archie. Um, and you know um, his son-in-law Michael Stivic, the meathead, uh, and something else that I won't say. Yeah. Um, you know, he's definitely the straight man, although they do occasionally give Michael something funny to say, usually in reaction to something that uh, Archie is doing that he doesn't know Michael can see. Edith may be one of the best straight men in the history of comedy. She is also insanely funny. Yeah, exactly. So... Um, they changed Sally Struthers' hair in the check second season, and they, you know, her hair and her look continues to evolve mm -hmm. throughout the course of the show. But mm -hmm. it's just, it's, um, it's brilliant. It's brilliant satire, and um, you see some really good acting, mm -hmm. particularly from Carol O'Connor and Gene Stapleton. Yes, and how, and I know there are outtakes of of the show. Mm -hmm. um, but there are times when I don't know how any of those actors could keep a straight, a straight face. face when 
when Edith, uh, Jean Stapleton, is trying to work out in her head how something happens. Yeah. Or remembering something that, A, nobody really cares about, but, two, she's just befuddled by whatever it is she's trying to remember. She she was fantastic. Um, we meet Maud. Yes. Edith's cousin, Maud, mm-hmm. comes to take care of the family when they're all down sick with the flu or some kind of... Each of them has different symptoms, but they're all very, very ill. And so Maud comes to play nursemaid and caretaker. And of course, she and Archie do not G and haw. No. And um, B. Arthur as Maud was a revelation. Of course, got her own <laughs> got show her own out of show. the deal. Right. Um, it's just, just watch it. I'm watching it through Amazon Prime on IMDb. Mm-hmm. Um. Otherwise, you know, even you and I together didn't really watch much of anything. Um, now we slacked this week. I yeah, don't know we what was wrong with us. There uh, is a podcast, actually two, that I'm going to recommend. They're from the same uh, company. One is called Missing in Alaska. It's about a plane crash. Uh, four men on board um are, were lost and presumed dead because they never found the airplane. Hmm. Two of those people were uh, U.S. representatives. Oh. And through the years, what happened, and of course initially it was considered a weather-related plane crash Accident, because yeah. it's Alaska. Yeah. And it's, uh, that is... You know, uh, weather-related and pilot error are the two main reasons mm-hmm. why planes crash. There's, you know, these small planes. But over the year, you know, the weird thing is uh, one of the congressman's wives, 16 months later, married a guy who had uh, mafia ties. Mm. Um, and this guy was... Uh, somebody known to have committed multiple murders and bombings. Oh my. And uh, the premise of the podcast, Missing in Alaska, is that the plane was not, the plane crash was not an accident. Interesting. Uh, And this guy's, you know, and of course this happened 50 years ago almost. Okay. Um, And he's trying to track down people who were who were alive then and are still alive now who which remember is getting harder and harder um and track down people who were either directly connected to the congressman uh or either congressman mm-hmm. or the guy who married the congressman's widow so it's called missing in alaska uh it's it's completed uh, I'm. I still have about four or five episodes to go. Interesting. The same person did a podcast called "Missing on 9/11," uh. um, which is not exactly what you may be thinking. It is um, a young woman, a doctor, is seen on uh, surveillance video in a department store called Century Twenty One in New York City on September tenth, uh-huh. two thousand one. That is the last anybody ever saw of her. Oh, wow. And, of course, the next day... Was 9-11. 9-11. Now, she was a doctor. So, her family 
has built this scenario in her in their minds that she went to the towers to help and then was die and then was killed in the collapse. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is zero evidence that she went to the towers. That's just the mythology that they've built. That's the mythology they've decided to believe that she was a hero on 9/11 because um, she had from the outside if you didn't know them they looked like they had a you know two young doctors um, married almost a year or a little less or a little more than a year um, and they were you know from the outside successful and happy but once you start looking inside inside there were a lot of problems okay and again the same guy is um, trying to piece together and this was 20 years ago and it's difficult to find stuff for one thing um, the FBI seems to have misplaced a lot of evidence not only in this um, case case but in 9-11 in general yeah um, hmm. they also are very uh, stingy with complying with FOIA requests hmm. Uh, Freedom of Information Act, and they, um, you know, they can just give any any reason to not comply with a FOIA request. So they dole out things as they see fit, piecemeal, and withhold things. Or they as just they see don't want to bother looking for it. Yeah, um, that's actually probably the most likely thing. Or they've just lo- outright lost it. You know, as many pieces of evidence, especially from 9/11, as was generated. Um, I can understand how something might get misplaced. Somebody might take a folder home, forget about it, put it in a drawer, uh, die over the course of 20 years, yeah. and and then it never get brought back. Although you would think they would be keeping track of that stuff a little bit better. I It boggles my mind to realize that we're coming up on the 20th anniversary of 9-11. Mm-hmm. Holy criminy. Yeah. Uh, so that's called missing on 9/11. Do not expect any um, resolution to either of these okay. issues. Uh, uh, missing on 9/11 is ongoing. There's uh, I don't know how many episodes are left. A few anyway. Um, but you can check that out on your podcast um, platform app of choice. Of choice. Um, and um, you know, I I heard about it along with another podcast I've been listening to called Algorithm uh, on the Stephen Kyle podcast, which if you don't know what that is, don't worry about it. Most people don't. Um, Steve is on a radio show called Free Beer and Hot Wings in Grand Rapids, Michigan that's syndicated around the country. And his friend Kyle, who was at one time an intern on the show, um, but is now out of radio. He works um, like processing loans at a bank or something uh, but there are two friends who get together and talk about usually meaningless stuff but sometimes they have a guest on and um, just happen to be the hosts of these two podcasts algorithm and missing on 9/11 okay uh, so uh, check those two out algorithm and missing on 9/11 and missing uh, in Alaska uh, pretty fascinating stuff. So cool. I've enjoyed them quite a bit. You and I, over the weekend, watched 
Fog of Murder on Discovery Plus. Uh, it's six episodes. It is um, stories of murder that when they are first investigated, you know, because they don't see all the pieces, it's not clear what happened. And then as um, they learn more and gather more evidence, the fog lifts and the situation becomes clear. Hence the name. Um, Some pretty interesting cases. One of them I thought was extremely sad. The young man who was convicted of a murder he did not commit. Yeah. Um, And, uh, but we know, I mean, all of these have conclusions. We know what happened. Yeah, they wrap it up and put a bow on it. Although, that one is um, really weird um, about both his uh, improper conviction and, you know, some guy whom they did not even have on their radar over the course of, like, five years. Yeah. Just... turned out to be the killer and it's it was very weird uh there's another one where a um a guy's wife is is murdered in her home in their home and you think for a while that it's the husband's girlfriend who did it and then when you figure out who when, when they tell you who it is it's like why yeah in that one, you don't really have a good reason. It's just bizarre. It's you get a conclusion, but it, it it's not satisfying necessarily. No, it doesn't really, you know, scratch that itch as far as I want to know why you did it, and I want to know I want to know that it makes sense. Yeah, I want to see justice, and I want to have logic here. And sometimes there just isn't any. No, I I think quite frankly, this guy's like a sociopath because yeah. you know he. He sits there and he smiles, you know, they show the interrogation of the guy and he's just sitting there and smiling going, saying, I didn't do it. I can't tell you anything about it when, you know, no, he did it. Uh, They've got enough evidence to pretty much guarantee that he did it. Um, But anyway, it's called uh, Fog of Murder. It's on Discovery Plus. There's lots of good things on Discovery Plus. There's a lot of Shark Week stuff that was both on Discovery Channel and also... Um, exclusive to um, Discovery Plus. Uh, if you like that home stuff, they've got that new Magnolia channel. Mm-hmm. Um, Chip with, and Joanna Gaines. With them and very happy um, people. They're, and they're, they have um, curated a lot of other shows that, that aren't about them and that right. don't feature them. Um, so, yeah. And if you, you know, if you just enjoy the Discovery family of uh, channels, uh, the Science Channel, I plow through uh, How the Universe Works and, and various other science shows on there. I enjoy that a lot. Long Island Medium. <laughs> yeah, if you're looking for something a little lighter. Um, yeah, there's, there's a wide-ranging gamut. And there are about 7,000 90 day fiance shows of various types. If that's your which, thing. Which, yes, if that is your thing, have at it. But I don't get it. Uh, I don't want to get it. Uh, and I just, just assume, you know, y'all keep that. And because some of them people's just sad. Yeah. Let me revise that. All them people's just sad. I guess, whatever. Yeah. 
All right. So thank you very much for listening to this edition of Comedy, Tragedy, Marriage. We appreciate it. Please go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any place where you can get podcasts to subscribe, rate, review. Uh, if you have something you'd like us to watch, tell us about it. Send it to us, uh, comedytragedymarriage at gmail.com. Tell us what it is you'd like us to watch, where we can find it, and why you think we should watch it. And you can, as always, give us a voice message if you have something you'd like to say directly to us. Uh, click the link in the description of this podcast, and we will get your voice message. Uh, next week is your turn. Mm-hmm. No idea. Of course not. Uh, probably some old movie. Maybe. I don't know. I'm random. I'm unpredictable. Yes, yes, I'm, you are. You yeah, are both random I'm, and unpredictable. Uh, well, I'm random. I'm also, uh, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, join us as we both learn what uh, Mod selects for us to watch on the next edition of Comedy, Tragedy, Marriage. Love you. Love you. And until next time, later. later. Yay!